Hello and welcome to the Girls Run Club, the podcast for run-happy women who need a little help finding their stride. Hi everyone and thank you so much for tuning in to listen to the first ever episode of the Girls Run Club. This podcast is intended for the everyday runner who might be looking for some relatable insight into the world of running. In preparation of my first ever marathon, I will be here asking all of the questions that we learner runners might need answered. In this series, I will be joined by various guests from every corner of the running community to discuss all the topics, from race day, to fueling efficiently, to the mindset behind running, and much more. But just quickly, to set the scene, here's a bit about myself. My name is Alex, and I have been involved in the fitness industry for over 10 years. I first started out as a group fitness instructor, before becoming a qualified personal trainer. I was always a really keen gym goer, but after falling out of love with strength training, I took up running, much to my surprise, as my new form of release. After running a handful of half marathons, I now find myself working towards goals I never thought possible. I've started this podcast as a platform to talk about subjects that never even crossed my mind when I first began my running journey, and hope that it could help someone else out there. Now, Let's break down all of those fancy running terms, discuss the inevitable highs and lows, and most of all, just have a good laugh. So, grab yourself a coffee or whatever it is that you enjoy, and let's get into the first ever episode of the Girls Run Club. What better way to kick off the first ever episode of my brand new podcast than with the incredible Ryan Miller, or who some of you may know as the Scottish runner on Instagram. From podcast host to brand ambassador and a brilliant runner himself, Ryan does amazing things in and around the running community and it's an honour to have him here with me today. So without further ado, welcome Ryan to the first ever episode of the Girls Run Club podcast. So how are you? I'm I'm amazing now. That's by far the nicest thing you've ever said to me. All it took was for you to record on a podcast for you to be nice. So that's good. No, I'm I'm delighted to be here. Um, still not a hundred percent sure why I'm here. I don't recognise that guy that you just said, but I'm delighted to be talking to you. Uh modest, very modest. Do you know what? I forgot that we need to mention it is the elephant in the room. The first episode of the Girls Run Club podcast. The first guest being not a woman. He is indeed a man. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, I was speaking to my wife about it, and I just said to her, "There is nobody who knows more." about running as a woman than I do. So we're absolutely fine. I've listened to her moaning about running. I know everything about women running. I know I'm I'm your man. I can understand why you would kick off a women's podcast with me. Whoever listens that knows you and follows you on Instagram, they'll know that some of the topics that you do discuss, they they will ring true for women also, like your nipple chafing. Well, apparently that's a male phenomenon. Like there's the one thing that I've been reminded of regularly is that women don't seem to suffer this with the same regularity. I think there's other chafage 
you've got the whole sport, sports bra issue that I don't deal with, although that's been recommended as a solution. But no, uh, since the Edinburgh Marathon, it's not something I've actually suffered with, and I've been running for quite a while now. And it was since the Edinburgh Marathon, it's just been horrendous, and nothing's actually working for me at the moment. So Saturday, uh, when did I pace Cumbernauld Sunday? Again, another one. Just, just, just one this time. So it's, I suppose that's half as good as it used to be. You're going to end up being a brand ambassador for some sort of nipple chafing cream. I see that in your future. I'm going to become Barbie. Is obviously very topical at the moment. I'm going to go full on Ken and just remove my nipples. No, I knew. I just had a funny feeling that this nipple chat would come up in this podcast, but I wasn't. I didn't expect it to be within the first one minute. I like that you took ownership of it and just asked me early. So that's that bit done. That's the awkward bit for everybody. So if they're still listening, there's a fair chance that they'll stick about. Kicking it off strong. Do you know what? And I think it's important for me also to say, and I, I genuinely want to say it, is that when I came across you on Instagram, it was actually my friend that she said, have you listened to the Scottish runner? He's got, he's got a podcast called Press Play and Run. So for anyone who hasn't listened to that, I haven't heard of it, you should you should definitely give it a listen. It was one of the first running podcasts that I've ever listened to. We kind of got talking on Instagram and I told you that I'd always wanted to start a podcast. And pretty much what you said was, well, why haven't you? Like, yeah. what stopped you from doing it? And that's bringing us to today and we're here and you're my first guest. And I think... That's mind over matter, that whole situation. It's really scary. It's really, really scary. It's, and it's something I've been asked a lot, actually, since I started by people who, a lot of people have got that kind of dream. It's not always a podcast, but it's like, look at what you do with your reels and your content. And that's quite polished looking. And I know, having spoken to you, that's got better over time. It never starts there. But Loads of people would like to put themselves out there a wee bit more, but it's bloody scary because you're out there and it feels like to be shot at or to be shot down. Yeah. My experience in this community is that's not the case. It's just you'll find 1% negativity for 99% positivity. So people are at your back and want you to. I'm delighted you're starting it, but the only, the only way to do it is to begin. It will not yeah. be as good today as it will be tomorrow and so on and so forth. It's like you're running and never starts where it's going to end up. I would like to know a bit more about you and when did you decide to start all of this social media running malarkey? Like when did you get outside of your head and just say, right, I'm going to make the change. I'm going to do what I am passionate about. When when did that happen? It's probably quite complex and I wouldn't bore you with details. Potted history as I played football for like most of my life, right up until into my 30s. So I never came to running from like a stand and start. Running was what I did when I stopped playing. Body just couldn't cope with it, bad knee injury, and slowed me down. Couldn't play at the level I was playing at. I needed something because I was putting on weight. That's what I actually started the running, the whole running thing. I was piling on weight relatively, so but like two or three stone fairly quickly just by living the same lifestyle I had done, but without the regular training. So running filled the void, didn't love it, never got from it then what I get from it now because I was running to lose weight. Um, so so what would happen is I would burst myself, I would train like I was playing football, right? I would be really intense. Every run was as fast as I could get, trying to basically PB, 
never had any running community around me. This was all just solo Strava, trying to beat segments, trying to beat me on time. But the inevitable happens, I would either get to that losing that weight that I was targeting or you plateau and you can't run faster than you're currently running. And then I would lose interest. And then I would yo-yo back to putting on a bit of weight. And so that was the story for, for ages. 2017 probably turned a screw a wee bit, started running more. But that coincided with a so probably a tougher period mentally. Um, and I was almost running to cope rather than talking to anybody about anything going on. It was all like a bit of self-punishment, actually. Just drive yourself, drive yourself. The harder you're working, the less you need to think. Tough job. I was in education at that point. I was still in education, but I was a teacher at that point. Um, but all of this that you see and the profile you know, that's less than a year old. Right. And and the, the biggest catalyst was losing my dad couple of years ago now was a catalyst for changing job like instead of doing 60 hours a week being a head teacher that was it I wanted to change I'm in a different branch of education now I work for the government my lifestyle is completely and utterly different I work four days a week and I had that one day a week where so I, I, a Monday back um after a years and years of working like 60 hours so for me it was always about what you're going to do to better for me to better myself and use that to get that that headspace that I want that I've craved for a long time. None of the podcast stuff was even close to my mind at that point, but I was a journalist before I was a teacher way back. So these skills like interviewing people, this is not the first time through this for me. Um, The biggest difference though, Alex, was I had no social media presence before Mm -hmm. because of the job, everything was locked down. When I did have social media, it was like not my name, my face wasn't on it. It was all like that. Yeah. So that's built from scratch. And when I made the call on the podcast, spoke to a couple of friends, I'm like, I quite fancy this. I'm I'm a big podcast listener, Mm -hmm. not necessarily running before, but that was the, that was impetus for starting it because it's like, there's no podcasts. I've tried a couple of running ones. They don't appeal to me. Therefore, in my head, like elite runners or really dedicated to like trail runners or the science of running. I'm like, I don't care about the science of running. I care about the feeling of running. I care about the community. And so I, there was a, almost like I spotted that gap there of where is this in Scotland? Where do we hear people that sound like us, that run like us, that run in the races that we run? Because I hear it in England, things like four day runs and big massive running communities, what the fart like, doing a brilliant job in England. Yep. But, but where's our space? So that's that, that was the why. And everything else has just snowballed since. The social media profile's grown a bit. The brand ambassadorship came off the back of the podcast. Yeah. Um, in an inadvertent way. And I, I, yeah, so I think that's probably the potted history of from there to here. But it was never like a coordinated plan or the podcast. I thought like 10 people might listen to the podcast. It wasn't really for them. It was for me to grow my network and community. And I, yeah, I think that is why I resonate so much with you because I think we're very similar in that way where you were saying about you weren't really into listening to the podcast, you know, but, but behind the science of running and things like that. It's it's all about for me as well, the way that it's made me feel and the the friends that I've met through it. And the huge thing for me is just how different I feel find running than I did the gym so I strength trained for seven eight years and the community is so different you'll know yourself like when you're out running 99% of runners that run past you are gonna say hi they're gonna give you a thumbs up my personal experience in the gym was never that I never got really I never got that morning or, or you're doing great there and 
I think so the mindset that I've built around running is such a positive one yeah absolutely I was in I mean it's well documented on my own podcast my my own lack of strength training I was in the gym this morning so I'm doing high rocks in January and that's been with a view to I'm doing the London Marathon come April I feel the difference between my first marathon that I did there and the next one needs to be the strength work because I think that's probably where that's probably what cost me the top end ego um, I still had a really good race, but there's if I'm going to develop, I think that's going to be an important plank. But I was in the gym this morning, Alex, and this is partly me and how I feel about the gym. But I was in there for an hour and 10 minutes and didn't speak to anybody. But it's not got that openness and everybody's in there, headphones in, looking at the floor, looking at their phone, looking at their... So, so where are the opportunities for connection there? Now, yes, could I go to a class? Could I find that community? People have said to me, like, CrossFit gyms are like are a bit different, and, and I'm sure they are. I've never really walked into a running space and felt that because somebody always says hello. If I'm open to the conversation and I don't have headphones in, if I go to a park run, somebody will say hi. If I'm out in a run, somebody will nod. If I'm out and runs for a week, I'll run past the same people and you end up inevitably chatting. Yeah. But Instagram is the kicker. Look at Instagram for me, it's just positivity. There is not a negative space. You don't need to go far in the corner of the internet to find somebody that's got an opinion on the way somebody looks, their weight, the way their technique. Their... I don't see that so much in running. And it, and it definitely will exist. I don't see it. Nobody's on criticising me for my arm position, my leg. I'm not interested in the science of it. I want to speak to people and know how they feel. I just don't get that same thing with the gym. So I, I completely agree with probably why you're finding it such a welcoming space after your background in strength training yeah you're so right with that and you'll have probably seen those videos that I mean they used to pop up on my like on my feed all the time of someone filming someone in the gym like not doing something quite right and I used to always get super angry about seeing those videos because it's just it's just it's not right to to do that but for me it was becoming that kind of space in the gym space if you were in the gym on your own I would never come up and speak to you because the dynamic of approaching somebody you're younger than me you're female that and I think people have got already that anxiety about the gym of so I just I don't know but if you were at park run on your own I wouldn't think twice about coming to say how you doing you're right that's the first time you've been here what park run you from yeah. Without it feeling so, there's something that I think that's that can only be the environment rather than anything. Because I'm completely comfortable speaking to you. If I saw you and your run club out and we were running the same place, I would say hello. Yeah. I'd have a chat. I wouldn't feel in any way that that's. But in the gym, I would be wary of is that going to be intimidating to somebody for me to you know. So if the conversation comes naturally, but there's something different in environment between running and between that gym space that especially for females i've spoken to loads of females on the podcast and i've had some specific um episodes in and around females and running and some of the issues that they deal with and perceive that's a huge one safety psychological safety but i've already feel it myself going into a gym i don't feel like i want to have conversation i just want to be almost left alone and those hang-ups will probably be internalized but running's the opposite of that for me where now i've gone from all those years running alone to I would speak to anybody out there. It's a great place to be when you feel when you feel that way about a sport, about running. You're unstoppable, I think. At the minute, the, the kind of drive and the passion I've got behind not just my own training, but the podcast, the run club. I, 
genuinely more than anything want to allow other people to feel how I feel about running now. And I used to think not a chance in hell will I ever enjoy running. I used to absolutely hate it. And I think this is going to, we've got a nice progression at the minute with the way that we're talking about mindset and running. And I think that's, it's dead interesting. I'd like to know, you've said before, either someone just, there's a click, like a light bulb moment and people are like, yes, I love this. Running is great. Or it takes them a long time and they're like, this is shit. Like I hate every step. Like what was it for you? I don't think I ever had the light bulb moment. So I had the the bit at the beginning that you're talking about, the shitty bit. And actually, again, I come back from today and I I had this conversation this morning. I'm like, I'm at this stage at the, the gym and the strength training where it's, it's humbling how bad I am at it. So I had a workout written down today that I had to go in and do, and I'm struggling to get through it. But my head is straight away going to the running, saying there are runners every day that are out in this stage of their running, the same, who can't make it lamp post to lamp post, or they're out trying to run a 5k right off the rip because that's what they see everybody else doing. Like, I should be able to run 5k. So no, you shouldn't. You don't run. You should be happy if you can run for a minute and stop for 30 seconds or, or whatever. So the running for me stayed, it never started probably as bad as somebody who's never done exercise, right? Because I was able to go and do 5k and times are the least interesting thing about anybody else's running. But it's just to give you context, I was probably doing about 27 or 8 minutes for 5k when I started running and I could run 5k continuously. So that was my starting point. Didn't enjoy it though. It was a slog. My head was so busy or I'd pop headphones in. It didn't change until 2017 I I started to get good at it in terms of my pace for my age and and where I was. But my headspace was not good. It was all about competition. It was all about quietening a bad headspace. It's probably been the last, since COVID, that I've really had the penny drop of this is what running is for me and it's not as dictated by time. And the irony is I've got faster when I started thinking like that. Yeah, that's been that's been a bonus as opposed to the driving force. So the, the penny drop moment for me would have been probably this year, Monkland's half marathon just before Edinburgh Marathon. So that would have been that would have been April. I had the run of my life there and felt good for it. But I was there for half an hour before it and forty minutes after it with people from the podcast community, from my running club, met Doug the organizer. I just had the best day. The time was unbelievable, but that would have been all it would have been two years ago, whereas that day was about the people. My kids were there. I I just had such a good time, and that's been the penny drop moment. So it's not come from the running itself, but that was probably the moment where I thought I've kicked on to a different place now in my running from where it's been previously. I totally can register with you saying about running kind of when you were in a bad headspace and I think that's a lot I hear a lot of people saying that and that's kind of why they started getting into running I've I've read a lot of articles and seen a lot of videos and podcasts and things like that of people talking about running through grief and stuff like and stuff like that and I've mentioned to you before I think on one of the first ever times we chatted the kind of reason I started running was I'd had a breakup and I had and this is this is just I think probably quite a rare situation but just for context I had only ever ran three or four miles absolutely hated hated every second of it 
And after going through a breakup, I'd went out one night in, in the pissing rain with shit trainers on and didn't even have a proper sports bra on, not a sip of water, hadn't fueled right, went out for a five kilometre run and came back 21k later. And that's a true story. Got the receipts to prove it. That was all mind over matter. And I think that is one of the most interesting topics surrounding running is people running through grief and people, when they finally step out of their own head and don't tell themselves that they can't do something, what you can achieve is just yeah. amazing. Yeah, you, when you sort of, you make a beast of yourself because of an internal driver or an, that implicit motivation, you can't, you can't fuel all your running on that. You couldn't have gone out the next week and replicated 21k but that day perfect storm of emotions and almost probably running a bit to punish yourself and I, I mean I did the same I, I coped with losing my dad through running predominantly because and that's not a that's not a healthy thing you should speak to people you should I'm trying to get better at that Absolutely. I think I, I think I have I think the podcast has helped I've spoken to people in a similar position and it forces you to confront some of the things that you would normally you'll find this in this journey I hope that you'll say things out loud that's never come out of your head before that have lived in there a long time but I guess it's going to evoke something from you where you say mm -hmm. this is your moment to show solidarity to somebody that feels the same as you felt so you would be a liar if you didn't actually front up and say listen I felt like that I've been there. Yeah. So I speak to Pete Cooper, who's lost his mum. And on that day, it was his mum's anniversary. I had no clue um, when I was at, going to interview him. We end up speaking about grief. And for the first time, I think since it happened, I've spoken out loud about my dad. And I was like, <gasps> that day. What I'd done before was just run, 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 run. Now I was knocking out PBs off those runs, but that was fueled by a darkness and a dark place. And that's yeah. not... Running can become as unhealthy as if you use it as a crutch as any other thing that you use as a crutch, drink, drugs. You know? Yeah. Because if you do it to that excess and you don't take care of what you're doing, you'll just associate negative things with it. But you're right about the capability thing when there's something really interesting. I watched at Loch Ness 24 just last week, a couple of friends and uh, Rachel McPherson, my last guest there, and Sophie, Sophie runs places. So he's going to yeah. be doing some uh, strengthening conditioning session at the run retreat she knocked out 121k now she's been training she's not coming from but there is something in her mindset resilience I, this is why i do the podcast because i'm so nosy about what drives you how do you do that so that's i'd be asking you a million questions about how did you get to 21k what mm -hmm. were you thinking what were you yeah. doing why did you keep going you probably couldn't answer half of it mm -hmm. if you've got the inquisitive nosy bit but podcast is a great place to start because people will tell you mm -hmm. and I think in the future I will talk a little bit more about it the reason why I find it so interesting is that even now and I'm in no no way shape or form I, I would still consider myself a beginner runner however many half marathons and I think everyone will consider it doesn't matter beginner runner is not even a great term to use I think we're all running we're all having a good time we're all at different stages of our journey you're learning you're a learning runner I'm a learning runner I am and we're all learning runners absolutely I think a lot of people say like I, I just I can't do it you know they, they already start off their run thinking I will not be able to finish this and I think like you don't you don't 
have to be going through something or like dealing with a shitty situation or coping with grief to get into that mindset. That's not what I'm saying. But people do quite often just tell themselves they cannot do it. And that is going to be one of the biggest blockages when running. Uh, 100%. And actually throughout your whole running, I don't care how experienced you get, you will revisit that place regularly. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. I'm still, I'm, I'm there. Almost every speed session I do, I'm there. I can't do another rep. I'm not going to be able to hold this pace for another rep. Paisley, two weeks ago, you might have heard me saying, I stopped. I stopped at 8k. Mm-hmm. I was on for a sub 40 and I stopped and I cost myself the sub 40 and it was all mentality because I was convinced in my head I couldn't hold the pace. When in reality, looking at all the data afterwards, because I'm that kind of boring person that looks through their Strava. I was fine. Heart rate was fine. Everything was behaving as it should have been except my head. You're going to revisit that place all the time, Alex, of if you actually are willing to embrace getting comfortable being uncomfortable, you're going to come back to that bit of, I can't do this on quite a regular basis. But that's where all the growth is for me and my running. I do. I remember you saying about the 10k and, and just telling yourself you couldn't do it. You're someone who now, well, you've paced the 10K, you know, for anyone who doesn't know what that pacing means, because that wasn't a term that I was aware of until not long ago. But um, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, in certain events, running events, we have pacemakers who usually run with a stupidly large flag on their back, look like a right dickhead. But you were running with a 45 minute and you can kind of run alongside that pacemaker to hit your time. So uh, it's usually bigger events who have them. That I was at the Cumbernauld 10K on Sunday and they, they were there. So everything from 40 minutes and then every five-minute increment right through to 70-something minutes. We avoided the large dickhead flags because somebody forgot them. <laughs> so that was nice. We did get the Illuminous yellow T-shirt that's now got one bloody nipple mark on mine. But that's those, those pacers are there for, for one of two reasons. One, pacing is difficult when you've not done it before. So mm-hmm. if you think you've got a target pace, a goal pace, it can let you, let's say you were going for 45 minutes, that's what I was pacing. You know if you're sticking close enough to me and if I'm doing my job properly, I'm going to finish on 45 minutes, you don't need to fixate in your watch. So you can just pick a person. Now there's dangers in that because some pacers do things differently. Some might set out faster and then slow up or if they okay. know the course. Or, so there's there are pitfalls of it. But the other, pit, the other bit is PB chasing. Like I was surrounded by quite a big group starting yesterday and it's quite funny. They're running behind you. It's a bit of like Forrest Gump. You are there. You're just sort of here and they're right behind you and they're talking to you. So that's my first time pacing a race, actually. I've paced lots mm-hmm. of park, park runs and they're speaking to you and they're asking you about splits. And I'm like, oh my God, it was like a math test, honestly, trying to keep keep on. But they're hanging on to you knowing that if, again, if they're chasing sub 46 minutes, if they stay within a minute and can see the 45 minute pacer you're there so it's just it's something to hang on to and it helps i personally like having them there but i just never depend on them too much yeah Um, because i think actually learning how to pace yourself is just such a crucial skill to enjoying your running and and get see that place that you're saying about shit at the start it's really shit until you learn how to pace Mm -hmm. Um, because if it's really really terrible at the beginning you're probably just running too fast for your capability at that moment yes if you can learn to dial it back even when you feel good to run the appropriate pace and get to the end still feeling like alive you will enjoy it more Mm -hmm. so 
the fact is, and I think it's important for people to know, is that even yourself, someone who's ran a marathon, you can, you know, you can pace races, you've ran a 10k kind of weeks before that and I've actually got a quote from you that I as soon as you said it I thought that is such a a really interesting thing and I really like what he said there so I think this is important for everyone to know if you've never ran a 5k before or if you run if you ran a hundred marathons people can still feel like this and what you said was The mental bit is normally a strength of mine, but it's so easy to tell yourself a negative story of what you can't do. And when you said that, I was just like, is Gandhi I'm talking to over here? Do you know, well, I'm not going to take all the credit for that. I'm going to pass some of that on to Amanda, whose second name escapes me. She is Mrs. Brain Trainer on Instagram. Okay. And Amanda specialises in um, a lot of female clients, but I think she does a mixture about the sort of mental side of confidence and the stories you tell yourself and and putting yourself in a headspace to be successful in your life business running. It's a whole sphere of um, like sectors that she works across. So she works with businesses. And I first came across her on the, the Lululemon Run Retreat in March at Beachbury. She did a session with the runners in there and she was in a room full of, I mean, like, from people like Karen Nicholl, Ultra Kazi, who's backyard record holder for ultras in Scotland and some really elite runners to yeah. people who were like crossfitters where running was just a tiny bit of what they do. Mm-hmm. She was speaking to us all about the stories we tell ourselves on that day. It was really, it, it, I messaged her afterwards. It, it hung about my head for weeks. Um, like that's me. That's I could really like, but it's so, so easy to be negative about what you didn't do, what you can't do, and to almost ignore all the good bits. So it's it sounds profound. To me, it's actually self-explanatory, but we're our own worst critic. I could see it, Alex, if you did it to yourself, I would be the first to tell you, you're being far too hard on yourself. You're missing 10 wins here. But when yeah. it's me, when it's me, sometimes if I get in that place, I can only see the bad bit. Yeah. So it's it's. I think it's natural. Very rarely you'll find people that can avoid it altogether, but most people get there at some point. It is. It's the most interesting thing. And I think it's a really important thing to keep in your head is on the days that you are struggling. And I say this to my clients all the time. You could run a 5K one week and it could feel okay. And you could run it the next week and it can feel okay. You can run it the next week and it'll feel shit. And there's a million reasons behind that and why that might be the case. It could be mental it could be physical it could be it could be it could be a whole load of things but it is important to know that that doesn't mean that you are taking a step back in your progress i do wonder i love running gandhi by the way i might make that a new t-shirt um running gandhi come and see me Have you, is that what you've gandhi been thinking about <laughs> absolutely it's just still working in my head i'm thinking how to make that a logo for my social I'm media definitely taking a percentage of that but i do wonder when I speak to runners, because there's, there's so many I look up to, even just in my club that I train with, that you can, I don't know, you can see them as like thinking they never doubt themselves. Of course they do it, but it's perspective is everything. Run the Toon 10k and then the Glasgow men's 10k, two weeks apart, I finished six seconds difference between the two. Run the Toon, I was killing myself trying to get a time. Glasgow 10k, I said I'm setting out 
put no pressure on myself at all, not worrying about the time. I'm going to go and enjoy the day because it was a pod. It was actually my first podcast community meetup ever. So I was actually more fixated on that bit going well afterwards. I was nervous about that. So see the running when I took all the pressure off myself. I ran, I enjoyed myself, I had no pressure and I finished six seconds outside what I did when I was absolutely trying to kill myself. That's about the stories you're telling yourself in your head. Because physically you're in the same place two weeks apart, but I put all that pressure on the first one, was so disappointed and I was buzzing off that second one, six seconds lower, but I hadn't tried to push the pace. Yeah. This, is, this is just head stuff, this is all internalised. But because I was worried about something bigger than the run itself, mm-hmm. that takes care of itself. So there's going to be something in there for all runners. I am relatively experienced. I race quite a lot. If you're brand new, you'll be, I remember telling myself all the time, just get through this wee bit, then you can walk. Just do this wee bit, then you can walk. Mm-hmm. It's almost like permission to walk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When actually, see if you need to walk, walk. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but see, the next time, run a wee bit further before you walk. And then, but walking's not a sin. It's not a crime. It's not. No. And I'm complete hypocrite saying that because if I when I did it at Paisley there, I was raging with myself for doing it. But that's because I'm at a different bit of my running now than I was at the beginning. And for anyone who's got a, a kind of goal in, in their in their mind, whether that is I want to run one K without stopping or my next goal as a half marathon, or for myself I'm running my first full marathon. May 2024, I'm going to do the Edinburgh film. Was that your first marathon? It was. Edinburgh was my first. Yep. Just May there. Yep. And I feel like if you've got a goal in your mind, it's always going to be scary. It doesn't matter what it is. And I know that you have just signed up for an ultra. What has possessed you? So failure has possessed me because I signed up for the Devil of the Highlands ultra this year. I was meant to do that a few weeks ago and I rolled my ankle on the Pentlands when I was training. I'm not a trail runner. I've never been a trail runner. I've been a road runner from day dot. It's kind of what I love. I've had an up and down relationship with trail running when I've tried it. I think that notion of slowing down the pace enough to properly become an ultra runner is something I've really struggled with in the past because as soon as I see a flat bit, I'm like, I should be I should be able to and I can run that at my normal speed and you end up you've obviously got the instability so I rolled my ankle in the Pentlands twice and then I got in my head and like I'm not going to be able to do the Devil of the Highlands it's the West Highland Way the second half that race it's massive elevation it was like 69 kilometers big big race not one for messing about with if you're not in the right place so I had a wee bit of that sort of tail between your legs because another thing hopefully or well you will find out about this Alex you're on the podcast you're going to say things out loud you're going to put your scary goals out there and if they're not scary, they're probably not big enough. So they, it should scare you. You should have a healthy fear of the marathon. It's not insurmountable, though. You will get there. But I had my tail tucked between my legs because I've already said it out there. People are like looking forward to you doing it. They get invested in your running, then like I'm withdrawn. And I've, yeah. I think I've withdrawn from maybe two or three races in my life um, before I ever got near the start line. So that was me. I had said no more ultra, put the notion away to bed, that's it, done. But then I did Loch Ness 24 as part of a relay team, but I ran ultra distance. So I did 56k right. um, on that 24 hour race as part of a relay team. And I loved it. I had the best time. I liked the terrain. It wasn't as rocky and technical as bits of the West Island way, but I coped really well with it. I felt physically strong. I was so inspired by a couple of people running that I was running alongside. It just started itching again at the back of my head like you could do it you should do it 
So I've signed up for the Davaway 50k, which is up north, uh, Granton and Spay through to Forest in November. Um, so why not take it on in November when you don't know what the weather will do? So yeah. that's going to be that will be my first 50 kilometer full run. I, although I did that 56k, that was broken into different runs. So yeah, I'm going to go for it. I want to tick it off my list. I want to use it to get stronger before London. Everything's gearing towards London for me in yeah. April. So everything I do between now and then will be with a view to how do I put myself in the strongest position to better what I did in Edinburgh. I listen on to you talking about an ultra thinking, no way in hell would I ever be able to. People who run 5Ks or their top distance being a 5K would think, I could never do more than that. I could never do a 10K. I could never do a half. But the more and more you run, the more you're kind of like, mm, Yep. You know what? I that's why I've signed up for a marathon. I finished my half marathon thinking I could not take another step, not another step. But then eventually, you're thinking. In fact, it's so hard to explain. But I was you a year ago. I, or sorry, I wasn't you. You've you've done more half marathons than I would have done probably even a year ago. I, I am probably where people listening to this will be a year ago, where I'm running five k. I'm running at a time that they would think was disgustingly fast. Um, for my age, but that that's all relative. The cap, cap, capturing the essence of the the feeling of why you do it. The the point I suppose is this: see, when I run five k at the pace I run, that I'm absolutely right in thinking there's no way I could do that at ten k. I can't I can't run my ten k at five k pace. See, when I do a half marathon, I can't run my half marathon at ten k pace. So you're always comparing the wrong thing to the next thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're going to have people that have done 10K saying, I can't do a half marathon. You're probably right. You can't do it at the pace you've just finished that disgusting 10K. Because 5K and 10K are minging. Like, I still... I still... Minging. They are. They are absolutely rotten. That last kilometre is like, well, just please let me be finished. I couldn't Mm -hmm. take another step. But it's the same feeling at the end of a half marathon as it is at the end of a 5K, as it is at the end of a marathon. You still can't take a step more. It's just what your head your head's doing. So it's been a progressive thing of yes, I can, and also appreciating maybe I can't do it at this pace, but I can do it at this pace. You could run an ultra tomorrow. What would your ultra time be? Long, broken up, walk, run. You could do it. It would feel less difficult on your body than a marathon. I'm, the marathon's the hardest thing I've ever done, but I was pushing my limit. There, if I would have been willing to accept even half an hour more on my time, that marathon would have been a completely different experience. So that's that. If there is a penny drop moment of, it's just understanding how comfortable are you being uncomfortable, but you can do anything if you just slow the pace enough to get there. Yeah, and you're not you're not running a marathon tomorrow, Alex. So you don't need to be able to run a marathon tomorrow. You need to be building progressively towards it. May is the target. Everything between now and then is to get you there. But how should you go into your first race, your first long kind of long distance event? How should you think about it mentally? It's difficult to separate the training and the mentality part of it. And this is where you get into the, you stray into the world of online. There is so much advice, right? Mm -hmm. So you'll find half marathon training plans. So you won't struggle, or there's apps. I use an app, actually, as my coach, as a coaching app, but there are people behind the app that I can speak to. So the first thing I would say is get the right advice from the right people for you. There needs to be an element of it being tailored. So don't 
go out there and try and just pull a plan off the internet and think I should be able to do that. I tried that actually with my very first time round um, training for a marathon that got cancelled with COVID. But that wasn't for me, that plan. That was for people looking to run X time, right? That's no understanding of where you've come from, how often you train, all of that. But headwise, I've got an analogy that I probably use too frequently and I've used it throughout my whole career as well. Look at it as eating an elephant. That's how big a challenge it is, right? If I say to you, go and eat an elephant, you're going to go, I can't eat an elephant, it's an elephant. The way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time, right? Now, it's a huge proposition, but your marathon is, yours is in May. Mm -hmm. That person's half marathon will be hopefully no closer than 12 to 16 weeks away when they're deciding. And actually for the kind of running that you're talking about, people tend to book them even further in advance. Everything between now and then is to get you there. So if you're trying to think about the, the end destination, you're going to miss all that bit along the way. There are some fundamentals. If you can just get a, a speed session in there relative to you, so not my speed session, the paces are need to be built around you. If you can get your speed session in there, if you can get a couple of easy runs, most of your running should be easy and you can get a long run. See if you can do that on a consistent basis. You're going to be absolutely fine and get there. So to flip back to what you're saying about the mental side, because that's training, you'll get better specific advice from people that are coaches or that are steeped in that world. But for me, the consistent the consistency is your king or your queen, because we're in the girls' run club. But if you can promise yourself that I am going to get out this door four times a week and I'm going to prioritise me and I'm going to prioritise this half an hour or this hour, if you can do that for 16 weeks, you will be not only on that start line, but you will prosper. If you start to say, I don't have time to, you're going to struggle more. And the more often you have to say, I couldn't get out today because the more likely you're going to be that you don't make the start line or that your experience is less positive than it could be. Because this is an unpopular message. I speak to people and I don't even say this on one podcast that often because you don't want to be judgmental. But I see a lot on Instagram and a lot all the time of, I'm listening to my body today. I'm not training, right? You're a you're a PT. You're a coach. You've probably given that advice. I've been given that advice. I've taken it, but it's rare. Yeah. What I'm actually seeing online often is when people say, "I listen to my body today," as they listen to their head today, because it's not their body. They're just tired. You should be tired. You're training four times a week from from. You've doubled your workload, right? So you'll be tired. You'll feel crap. It's freezing. Mm-hmm. You want your dinner. You've had a long day at work. The kids drop off. All of them, I live in that world too. Two kids, two dogs need what to real life. If only we were all paid professional athletes and we could prioritise rest and all the rest of it. But if you really prioritise it and want to make it your goal, that's prioritise you. Be selfish for that hour because that's all it is. Very rarely are your days going over an hour except your long run. So look at your screen time. You know, stick the phone down. I guarantee you're on your phone more than that, doom scrolling. Most of us do. I'm terrible for it. So you've never not got time. You're just choosing to use that time differently. That would be my key thing, Alex, is to say, if you're consistent and you you can really prioritize yourself, the rewards will pay out at the end. They always do. A lot of the girls, so for anyone that doesn't know, the girls run club, we're all doing a half marathon. I think 90% of the club are doing a half marathon in Glasgow on the 1st of October and I'd then say out of 20 of us there's three three girls who have ran that distance before 
there's a split in the middle of those girls that are doing their first half marathon in October. And some of them are saying, I'm not running for time. I'm, go- I'm just going to do it. I just want to finish it. Yep. And there's another half that have a time goal. I actually don't think there's anything wrong with either of those. Neither I think are. train as much as you can. You could maybe possibly train a little bit more and get a better time and a better overall performance. You can you can do this for fun. On the other hand, there's people there that are consistently training four times a week and they are they have that goal time for their first ever half. But see, if your training matches your expectations, that's absolutely fine. But just don't expect to be challenging your PBs and your times if your training doesn't match the training that's required to get you there. Yeah. If you don't, you won't. It's the same with the running. If you've got a time goal, if you don't train at the, the right level of intensity, you won't get your time goal. Or if you do, you're going to have a hell of an uncomfortable day. And and, and more kudos to your mindset if you can overcome mm-hmm. your lack of training. But see if you are just running to complete and that's the achievement. Bloody celebrate every win. It doesn't... Yeah. It, like time, that comparison being the thief of joy thing, there is something, it's so overused, but there's something really true about it as well. Leave off Strava, Insta, caring about what anybody else is doing, because see if they are blasting out times that you're thinking, well, look at them. They're training to blast those times out. So if you want those times trained like that, see if you're annoyed about it or do, like understand what's going into the process. There are a couple of people who are very naturally gifted yeah, as annoying because you're like they've been injured for six months and they're coming out here and battering out times I could never dream of. But they've probably got twenty years of work in the background that they've done. You know, they they naturally gifted of putting all the graft to get there. Yeah. So your goals are absolutely fine as long as your training matches your goals. I've been guilty of that in the past. I want to run X time. But I don't really want to put the hard yards in, especially the speed sessions, the ones that make you feel like you just want to shrivel up and die by the end of rep four. Like those those sessions are so difficult, but that's where all the progress comes if you want the top end. So more power to them, Alex. If you've got 10 that want to finish, you get there before them and celebrate with every single one of them coming in because that's a huge achievement to run that distance. Mm-hmm. And most people will never dream of it. So you've done something that most people you know will never. Yeah. So take the win. It's there mm-hmm. and it can be the it can be the stepping stone to whatever's next. Then you can start to say, I'd quite like to be that time next year, if that's what drives you. And it's absolutely all right to have whatever goal that you want to to get. You can if you just want to complete a half marathon, you don't care if you walk, that's still class. You've still done a half marathon. Hats off to you. If it's your first park run, like we're talking about half marathons and marathons, like there is a select few people that even try to run those distances. If the aim is to get through a park run without stopping or get to a park run and widen your social circle, like how do you make friends at my age, your age, that are you're mm-hmm. younger than me, but it's still not, unless you're out, 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 like socialising, drinking, and well, I'm not out in that scenario very often now. So how do you meet like-minded people? Mm-hmm. Go run. Your yeah. goal, your goals might be hee-haw to do with the actual run itself. Mm-hmm. Running can give you... In the right circumstances, running can bring you much more than you thought it would in every front except the running. Like the running can still be a bit of a, but you've got pals, you're turning up, you're doing your thing. Like there's so much to be gained from it. Your own self-esteem. These are not measurable on Strava. These are things that if that's the goal, just get out there and do it. You know, it's like keep going. I think the park run thing, I've never done a park run. Never in my life. Loser. Do you know why? Yes. You're antisocial. No, I'm pretty nervous to do a a park run. So we, I'm from Dumfries. We have a park run in Dumfries. I've never done it. 
I think for me personally, I think, and this is stupid, but I used to do this all the time when I was a personal trainer in the gym. I said, I was thinking to myself all the time, I can't try that new technique because what if I do it wrong? I'm a personal trainer. I can't be looking like I don't know what I'm doing. Same as this now. I can't go to that park run in, in my head and it's the it's the worst thing ever and and not get a a sub 30 minute 5k i've got I've, i'm one of those people that i've got that stupid 30 minute thing in my head that's absolutely mental i mean you've got a podcast and last week you couldn't bloody press record on on zoom you're the least technically literate person i've ever met for your age i thought we weren't going to talk about this no we're absolutely going to talk about it <laughs> like trying to get you to the point where you could load up zoom and record this is going to be far more difficult than you running a sub 30 park run and see if you're in it in 33 minutes what difference does it make you've done your first park run i know it'll get quicker and quicker and quicker actually what last two weeks ago the episode i did was with Bethan Taylor Swain and Bethan's doing her PhD in and around running. The average running time, she said it on the show, is 33 minutes. Yeah. Average finishing time in the UK is 33 minutes. I think that might actually be for males. I think it might even be uh, 34 something for, for female. 34 minutes average. That's not a slow park run. That's your average park run time. And you're in your head talking about 30 minutes because you've made up a number. See if some one of my clients said that to me, I would actually tell them to shut up. But it's that way where, where you were saying to me, you know, what you say to other people and what you say to yourself, it's different. And I have slowly been saying to the girls, who wants, anyone want to do a park run this weekend? You know, hoping that someone's going to say yes, so that I don't have to go by myself and do it yeah. because they've become a popular thing. And people are running for PBs. A lot of people won't be, but a lot of people are. And I think just I'm a bit, I'm being a bit cowardly the more I think about it, is that I'm I'm a bit, oh, I don't want to do it and not do well. So park runs exploded in popularity, right? My local one has doubled in size from like 200 runners to nearly 400 on a weekly basis. 3%, 2% of the runners are trying to win. Right. Because let's be honest, on any race, most people are not, racing they're running because if you're talking about racing you're talking about finishing first second or third to yeah. me podium. right that's that's out of reach that's out of reach for me it's out of reach for you that's not even something you should be thinking about because there's mm-hmm. going to be people there are people now rocking up to park run on the regular running 16 minutes 17 minutes 18 minutes like running with the wind mm-hmm. that's a whole different that's almost a different sport Yes, uh-huh. but they're absolutely entitled to beat park run and run. They're also turning up and trying to run a PB. Mm-hmm. Now, if you if you're running trying to turn up and do a thirty a twenty nine minute PB, their PB is as relevant as your PB, and yeah. they, just because they've got short shorts and a vest on, makes them no less entitled to turn up and do it. It's it's impressive to watch, actually. Yeah, you've also got a huge proportion of people that turn up to park run and walk, or turn up and. One week, do 25 minutes. Next week, do 32 minutes. Next week, and it's a social event and they go for a cup of coffee. And that's increasingly what my park run has become. But it is such an inclusive space. It's it, Honestly, it's the best run of the week still, no matter what I've done. And I love my club runs and I love my club. Mm-hmm. Park run's my favourite. Like, it's the best. You're going to meet all types of runners. And you've, you're building something up in your head that is not going to be your actual experience. I just, you just yeah. need to go. You just need to go and do it. Rip the plaster off and run the first one. That's that is no, that's very true. And I think 
I need to be more proactive with actually getting getting that first one done because I'm just being I'm being stupid, like you say. Absolutely, you're doing a podcast and you are very interested in community and you're building community and the girls run club's going to be community and you've already got a run club that's community based yet you're not putting yourself into probably the most positive community space that we've got in scotland yeah how how does that make sense because you're in your head like you're going to need to stop internalizing time stuff and actually Mm -hmm. you will find you you'll love it i've got no doubt if i thought for a second that there was even a doubt i wouldn't be pushing you you should just go and get it done I think it's it's good to voice the negative feelings that I I you know that I have as well because I think it's normal for people to have that pressure and to feel anxious and yeah. and scared to do things because that's a normal way to feel and I think for me to lie and say you know I no I'm fine I can go there and talk to people and blah 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 but no I, like I still get those nerves. Why is, why have you attached significance to 30 minutes? I think a lot of people do that. I don't know where it's came from. It's almost like that whole do 10,000 steps in a day thing. I need to do more than 10,000 steps in a day. I don't know where the, the number's been plucked from, but that under 30 minutes, 5K, that's, I don't know for how many years I've known I need to try and get it under under 30 minutes. It has to be under 30 minutes for it to be a good for a good 5k i know now that's absolutely not the case but i've always i've always had that number in my head that's interesting i'm asking because that just changes that doesn't go away that just changes the number just changes so for some people that's 25 minutes that number and currently for me it's it's under 20 minutes for that number Mm -hmm. it just it just shifts but it's been for me before 25 minutes I've just stopped attaching the same significance to it now. But if I want to run, it's not a good park run anymore. I'm trying to frame it as if I want to run an actual fast park run, what I would consider fast is sub 20 now. It just yeah. changes when you get there. But it's not, park run is not about that anymore. I've done 97 now, 97 of them. Wow. You don't do 97 of anything if you don't love it. I truly do understand the kind of bigger picture and that time doesn't matter and that's not why I run that's not why I got into it and that's not why I love it however I do sometimes still have those wee monsters in my head yeah if I don't complete it in a certain time or I didn't feel like that was so easy if it's not why you run it should never be why you don't run no you're right there you go another another Gandhi quote yes yeah twice getting all the Gandhi quotes in Two wise things in one conversation. You've got them written down somewhere, you must. That's me being very real. And, you know, some people, some coaches might not express that they do have those stupid ways of feeling. And I'm running, like I said before, I'm running the half marathon. It'll be my fourth half marathon. And my fastest half marathon at the minute is two hours, seven minutes. That was with a a watch that died four miles in. Now I have a sub two hour goal in my head. Can I shave seven minutes off? Yes. Yes. Have I put extreme pressure on myself? This is the first time I've said it out loud that I'm chasing a sub two hour. Have I put extreme pressure on myself to do it? Absolutely. And will I be absolutely heartbroken if I don't get it? So see, circling back to what we spoke about then, if you've put in all the work, and genuinely put in all the sessions, and I know you're carrying a knee dangle at the moment, and that can be hard to manage to strike the balance. But if you put in that training, 
you've earned the right to be disappointed if you don't get that goal. Right, fair enough. That's a, yeah, I never heard anyone say that. See, if your knee injury precludes you doing the, the work that you would have, could have or should have done, you need to manage your expectations around what the outcome can be. Now, you might still get there and you yeah. should be mega proud, but also be careful you don't like actually hurt yourself. Yeah. Or you need to revise your goal and understand the progress that you've made when you're fit and healthy of what you can do the next time because it's just one race. Just trying to get in your head that to keep the pressure off yourself, yes, put in the work, hit every session, and then you earn the right to be disappointed. Yeah. If you don't, I can see it coming from people on Insta all the time when they're going into races. I would never say it to them. I'd never be that guy. It's not, I'm not judging them for it, but I can see that. I was listening to my body. I missed a run today. I'm too busy. I'm like, they're going to struggle because mm-hmm. their goal is up here. High, high goal. Their training's been here in the middle. Yeah. And see, trying to bridge that gap at your top end, irrespective of pace, it's so difficult. So don't concentrate on your end outcome. Concentrate on your process of getting there. Each session, each day, that time will take care of itself or it won't. I think that's very sound advice. That's what I do. Apparently now. Something that I'm I'm definitely going to listen <laughs> to is that you earn the right to be disappointed mm-hmm. if you've put in that training. Yeah. Or, or or the flip side, you've earned the right to celebrate your wins and to, to achieve your goals. Like that's all earned. Nothing that very rarely happens by accident. Yeah, you've been given some cracking advice today. Telling you, just not enough people speak to me. That's a problem. I just needed to be unlocked via a girls run podcast to have all my wise quotes coming out. And I knew this was going to be the perfect first guest. So I am running a marathon next year in 2024. I have got a few questions that I'm going to ask all of my guests at the end of the podcast. I want to ask you your opinion or I want to hear your answers to all of these questions. There's five. Let's do it. Right, let's get going. So the first question I want to ask you is right now, what, Apart from your nipple chafing cream, what is a product that you're recommending in and around the running scene? Flip belt, game changer. So before I was running with like trying to find solutions for phones because I never ran with like, see, ladies shorts tend to be a bit more generous in terms of like side pockets and things like that. So I'd never, as I've got faster, my shorts have got shorter. So there's less places to put a phone. So it's either like been on the arm before or on like a clip belt thing. And mm-hmm. it bounces about and I just hate it. But I like having my phone on me for music. Um, actually, because when you're long running, you end up, you can end up miles away from the house and, you know, see some days you're just don't, not feeling it. We won't go too down too far down the stomach issue route, but sometimes you just need an emergency pickup. But, but flip belt has not, not got a clip, so it's fitted to you. You need to order the right size and you sort of step into it. And it's got storage the whole way around. So you can carry a good number of gels, your phone, you can secure a car key to it. So oh, I basically right. I basically now never run without a flip belt on. And it's there and it's not obtrusive and it doesn't bounce about. It's like quite tight on your around your waist. Mm-hmm. Game changer. That would be the one. So flip belt. Flip belt is I think flip belt is a company. There are other companies that are flip belt is the brand. There are other people out there that do them but flip belt is the one i've used right number two i would like to know what is your post run guilty pleasure uh, mostly crying no it's not <laughs> i don't i don't um i can be extremely extremely lazy there is nothing i like more it very rarely happens because as i said two kids two dogs it's, it's a rarity but burger and chips alcohol free beer 
and lying on the couch all day watching whatever sport is on. That is like the ideal post-race thing for me. Now, the reality is that maybe one of those three things happens, um, but that, that would be it for sure. Just peace and quiet. Peace and quiet. Mm-hmm. I need to chance, actually, I like to runs rattle about my head. Big runs, big event runs rattle about my head for a couple of days. What I did, what I could have done better, how I felt. I like the time just to process it all. Nice, nice. Right, number three is I would like you to shout out another podcast that we should listen to. No, no, but the problem is I'm now kind of steeped in a podcast world where I know people that have got them. So if I choose one and don't choose the others, um, so I'm going to play safe and not give you a running one. Is that all right? That's fine by me. The the podcasts that I listen to most are sport related, but mm-hmm. there's one there's one that I listen to and it doesn't have many new episodes. It's very rarely seems to be new ones coming out called the Throwback Podcast, okay. and you will not appreciate it because you're about like seven years old or whatever age you are. But it's two guys, two American guys that listen to full albums from when they were young and they're about the same age as me, forties, early forties. And they listen to full albums and talk about their lives. They're very funny, very humorous. But those episodes last about an hour and 30 minutes with right. a full, full album, chat, humor, bit of music in it. It's perfect for a, for a longer run. A couple of those episodes are just spot on for me. So throwback podcast. Okay, cool. Number four, I would like to know a piece of expert advice for someone who is going to run their first marathon Surround yourself with people that know more than you. I like that one. Joining Newton Roadrunners and joining a club and widening my perspective through Instagram with really experienced runners. I don't think I would have gotten near what I did in Edinburgh without their knowledge. It was completely changed my, my training experience. It stopped me being isolated, stopped me long running myself. Doing all of that as part of a group, speed sessions part of a group you'll unlock that bit that you're talking about of not knowing what you're capable of earlier. You'll unlock that when you start surrounding yourself with the people you're aspiring to be like. Okay. Oh, yeah, I like that too. Number five is a scenario-based question. So the scenario is you're about to set off on a 30-kilometer run and you can only, apart apart from water, you can only store one thing in your flip belt or running vest. What would it be? Toilet roll? No, it wouldn't be toilet roll. Um, what would it be? What would I take? So you've already got water, so you can take something else. Gels. Gels. So I use the Sport and Science gels, and I've tried several. They work for me. I think I started using them. My stomach got used to them. Um, so, yeah, gels. Some people will tell you real food is king on it. It depends. I can't digest the real food if I'm pushing pace if it's mm-hmm. easy enough I can do it but I got a bad stitch at Loch Ness trying to eat on the run and it just my body's just not used to it so yeah gels don't mess about with fueling on those runs they are so demanding you can think you can get through them well I don't need a lot of water I don't need you need to take stuff in like I've bonked on so many of those runs where I've just underfueled and it's not a nice experience it actually makes you hate running and it's nothing to do with running it's fueling Cool. I think they're all great answers. and It's definitely the best answers you've had in your podcast so far. It's 100% the best answers I've had. And you probably won't be, you won't be able to record the next one in Zoom without me, so it might be your only podcast, so I'll, be, I'll yeah. live forever as the best you've ever had. Exactly. I'll be a one-trick pony, a one-episode gal. One and done. One and done. But 
I think that probably concludes my first ever episode of my brand new podcast. Didn't get cancelled. Didn't offend you too badly. No, I didn't swear too much. Didn't let my hair get in my eyes. No. My lip gloss stayed on the whole time. Have you enjoyed your time on the Girls Run Club? Uh, Yeah, I really have. It's always a weird thing being on this side of the questions. And because I consider, I love hearing other people, but you never consider your own advice to be as worthy of as theirs. Um, I really do appreciate you having me on. It's exciting. I'm more buzzing that you've actually got over the hump and done this now and started it because I think you're going to go into bigger and better things. Me too. And it's, it's, it has been a scary thing and it's just light running, isn't it? You just have to get out of your own head, get it done. And once the first one's done, it's always going to get easier, I think. And I, I can't thank you enough for coming on to the, my first episode because it's made me feel at ease. You're meant to make me feel at ease. You're the host. Did I? No, not even <laughs> remotely. No, I really do. I appreciate being on. It's, it's, I can't wait to see what happens next. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you to all the amazing listeners who chose to invest their time in today's episode. If you like what you heard, please make sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review, and most importantly, recommend the podcast to friends and family. To keep updated, head over to the podcast Instagram profile, at The Girls Run Club. But for now, I thank you again for tuning in and look forward to seeing you next time on The Girls Run Club.